Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Bears fans, it's time for On the Clock with the Score's own Mark Grody covering the latest on another potential historic draft. Featuring experts and analysis on this red-hot off-season storyline. That's the headline of the league right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. Here's Mark Grody. Potentially historic. I mean, I think it already qualifies for will have been historic just based on the talk and the thrill ride that we've been on. I was reminded of that the other day because I understand sometimes you get a little tired of it because we're definitely having a similar version of the conversation about the Bears every day, obviously with different twists and turns and experts and analysis and ways of sprouting the story. Um, But I do understand that it can get a little bit tedious at times. Same thing for me, but I was reminded, went out to dinner with uh, an NFL friend of mine, not necessarily a source of mine, but he reminded me that, this is just, this is fun. It's a thrill ride. The whole thing. Now, next week, when I'll be covering the Combine and actually bringing you the voices of some of these potential prospects for the Bears and hear what they sound like, hear what they're saying, try to answer some of the questions that everybody's been asking about these guys and see what they do at the Combine when they they work out as well. So this thing is just getting cooking I'd welcome you into On the Clock. If this is your first time listening to this particular show, it's the second season of On the Clock because it's the second year in a row that the score necessitated me to do a special show for one hour on Friday night. So we talk about the Bears because they have the number one pick and the number nine pick. We talk about the Bears and the draft and the NFL, and that's what we're going to do until 7 o'clock tonight. This is great. <laughs> the guest that we have on tonight is fantastic. It it is his name is Merrill Hodge. Some of you probably remember him from a lot of years of television work at ESPN. <laughs> Excuse me. Also he he played. I mean, I remember Merrill Hodge as a running back. Actually finished his career. I had forgotten. Merrill Hodge Finished his career with the Bears in 1994, started five games that year. So obviously he got hurt. So it wasn't really, he's known as a Pittsburgh Steeler. But the reason that we're having him on tonight is because I believe 
he is the one person, the only person of consequence, experts out there, NFLers, former NFLers, and NFL insiders, is the only one that really gave a, a scathing evaluation of, dare he, Caleb Williams. He dared to go there. He is absolutely 100% team Justin Fields. We will find out why. And I know a lot of you are like, yeah, why? Why would you say that about Caleb Williams? And then a lot of you are probably sitting there going, yeah, right on, man. That's right, Justin Fields. That's the way it's got to be. And I was just thinking about Justin Fields a little while ago. I think about Justin Fields and the Bears a lot, not just because it's my job, but it's my passion as well. My relationship with Justin Fields has always been a, a very healthy one. In, in the first year of Justin Fields starting, or even in, in his first couple of years, excuse me, got a little bit of a dry throat here. Um, I did the the locker room and the, the sidelines for the Bears, so I got to know Justin Fields pretty well. And, well, I, I don't know if I got to know him, like, not buddies or anything like that, but just get, giving you an idea that we have a very good professional relationship. We always have. And I've always rooted for Justin Fields. From the very beginning, I was just like you, giving him the benefit of the doubt at every turn, wanting him to be the guy. It's de it's definitely the most significant draft pick the Bears have ever made in their history. And I say that just based on the reaction to it. Maybe that's a better way to put it. The reaction to, dra to drafting Justin Fields was a bigger reaction than anything I've ever seen in my lifetime in the Bears drafting a guy. So that that's where I think a lot of people were. That's why a lot of people still have not gotten off the bandwagon. Unfortunately, and again, coming from a place of a person who has a good relationship with Justin Fields, gave him the benefit of the doubt, I think that you are in a spot where you have to move on from Justin Fields. That I think that Caleb Williams is the guy. You know, I've seen enough, I've heard enough, I've watched enough to know that I think that he his ceiling is higher than that of Justin Fields. Caleb Williams could end up being elite. I don't think Justin Fields has the potential to be elite. Good? Absolutely for Justin Fields. So that's that's where I stand. And I've, I've said all along, too, that if Justin Fields was to stay... I would not be the guy pounding my fist on the, how could they do, I would be like, okay, you have all these resources right now in the draft, salary cap wise, which we'll get to here in just a second, that, that all of that exists. So yeah, you could do some really interesting things and maybe if you pack it just right, it would look good around Justin Fields and there could be a good future. But you know, like I don't need to go through all of the names of the quarterbacks that have failed in this town that had expectations. So now you got one that's been decent in Justin Fields, but you've got a guy who can be great. And again, one who has been watching the Bears for a long time. I am all for doing some, taking a little bit of a risk, doing something different. And in this case, it's not really thinking that far outside of the box. I talked about the... The, the salary cap space that the Bears are going to have, too, because I understand this is a draft show, but
but it's also a bear show and it's also a money show and it all goes together because the salary cap and the and free agency and the draft all work together but they're in the nfl this year unprecedented rise in salary cap um, increase of 30 million dollars from last year taking it to 255 million dollars and change per team for this upcoming season 2024 so whatever on that what about the bears the bears are projected to have the third most salary cap space of any team in the nfl with about 80.4 million in cap space so you do have a really good situation combining with all of those resources. So it's there if they did go the fields route. You know the route that I'd like to see the Bears go, and I also think that that's the route the Bears will end up doing. Now, we don't know right now. Ryan Poles has not in any way, shape, or form played his hand, showed his hand, whispers, anything like that in terms of what they're going to do, but... We're going to be talking to Ryan Poles in next week. Man, been planning this trip for a long time, and all of a sudden it's here. I will be in Indianapolis starting on Tuesday. That is the day when Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus will will both speak. So we start to get an idea, and there could be some news. There could be some news that day that would not surprise me every once in a while they they throw something at us could could something be happening with Jalen Johnson could you know franchise tag or they decide that they want to do something <coughs> excuse me that they want to do something long term with Jalen Johnson and by the way having that extra cap space that extra salary cap space it definitely portends well for Jalen Johnson as well, um, that it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that because of that, it is more plausible that Jalen Johnson and the Bears get a long-term deal done. So maybe we start to hear some news and get some actual information coming our way. I was just going through some of the schedule, too, on the the Combine Wednesday is going to be a big like the quarterbacks talk towards the end of the week that I'm interested in a few of these defensive guys. I've talked about it. I talked about it a little bit last week, but they need another defensive end opposite of Montez Sweat. Few guys that I'll be trying to bring to you. It's kind of a free for all at these things in terms of getting to the players and getting the actual audio that you want. Um, you know, you've got Dallas Turner out of Alabama. I think he's the top guy that I'm thinking about with that number nine overall spot, 11 sacks last year. Probably, I think he's, oh man, there's a few good defensive ends. I think he's at the top of the board as far as I'm concerned. You might get some debate from some people on Layatu, Lawtu out of UCLA. Also, Jared Verse. It's probably the guy that you've heard of. Jared Verse out of Florida State. Those are three guys I'm interested in talking to because, again, the the Bears had Montez Sweat. That look the the sweat effect is going to wear thin, and teams will gang up on Montez Sweat if you don't have somebody opposite of him sacking the quarterback. And sorry, right now there just is not an alternative to that. And obviously the idea is that you'll you'll continue to get growth on the inside too, especially with somebody like Javon Dexter. But bottom line, 
Bears absolutely need another defensive end. So, so those are some of the guys that I'm looking forward to talking to in at the combine as potential prospects for the Bears. You know, free agency on the defensive end board is interesting too. You've got Chase Young. Chase Young is always available. <laughs> that, that seems like from the day he was drafted and injured, and well, could become available. Chase Young, ladies and gentlemen, again, he's available. Josh Allen is available. You know that. Not that Josh Allen. Uh, Daniil Hunter at age 30 is available. Jadavian Clowney at age 31. He is available as well. So those are some potential avenues for the bears a wide receiver is the other spot of high interest for me other than the quarterbacks of course when i go to the combine because you know that there is a slew of them in this draft and you know you've got the gold the golden marvin harrison jr at the top you've got Malik Neighbors out of LSU. You've got Roma Dunze, the big kid, 6'3", 215. He's the big receiver. Actually, Brian Thomas Jr. out of LSU, 6'4", and 205. So there, there's some good size right there. Keon Coleman out of Florida State, 6'3", and 215. So the wide receiver position is heavy. And listen to a podcast, NFL Network podcast with Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah, and I just kind of flew through some of those wide receiver names, and let's let those guys, this is a little bit over a minute of Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah breaking down the the, the potential rookie wide receivers. Wideouts, I mean, there's so many wideouts that can play mm-hmm. in this league, in this draft. I mean, supply is going to really outweigh demand. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Rome Adunze, uh, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman, Brian Thomas Jr., and then the star of the Senior Bowl, Lad McConkey. Just keep an eye on him as one of those guys that is going to get some buzz late in the process. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good list. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what Keon Coleman runs. That's one of the big uh, question marks with him. Uh, yeah, like I met him. Like. So I met him down yeah. at the East West Shrine game. He's mm-hmm. he, he's like it. He is one of the best like fifty fifty ball specialists that you're gonna find, and so. Mm-hmm. Initially, I made the comparison. Kind of reminds me a little bit of DeAndre Hopkins. Not a runner, but just kind of a ball catcher. He's a great contested ball catcher because he's always going to have contested catches. Like, he's always (laughs) going to have people around him. But, yeah, it'll be interesting because I think the running part is going to make or break him because there are guys that are just beneath this list that are itching. Troy Troy Franklin's going to fly from from Oregon. So that'll be interesting. He's he's another one. Yeah, he's another yeah. one. And you look at his numbers in comparison to Marvin Harrison Jr. Like, he's right there in terms of production. Different mm-hmm. type player, but production is going to be there. But, DJ, we talk about it every year, man. You talk about wanting a wide out. You can get a wide out at any they're stage everywhere. of the draft. But in the second and third round, I mean, there's just so many guys. And it may kind of decrease their value a little bit because, you know, like, oh, I can go back in the second and third round and get that. I can get another position yeah. up high. But there's some really good players in this class. Yeah, and there's no doubt. That's a great point, too, and I do get that. Yeah, sometimes you can get these guys and you can get big-time wide receiver success in the second and third rounds. Bucky Brooks and Daniel Jeremiah from NFL Network are the guys that you just heard from on that NFL Network podcast, um, you know, zeroing in on some of those those wide receivers. You start to look at the the wide receivers and free agency. I keep mentioning T. Higgins. I should probably stop mentioning T. 
T. Higgins' name because I can't see a scenario. where there, There's probably no way he's either going to get the franchise tag with the Bengals or, you know, from what I understand, they are still working on a long-term deal. I mean, that relationship works so well for both teams. They, I think it's almost equal parts need. T. Come on, man. T. Higgins, he's, he's got a quarterback, you know? I mean... That's pretty important to wide receivers because T. Higgins can rack up some massive numbers because he already knows he's got a connection with Joe Burrow if Joe Burrow can stay healthy. So I'm taking him. I'm taking him off the list. You know, like It's just like involuntary response for me to just mention T. Higgins right away. Hey, man, I don't know what Mike Evans would command in free agency, but that guy, every he's been playing for 10 years. Every year he's at 1,000 yards. So, like I said, th- you, I mean, you got to because it's worth going through both wide receiver wise because you do have to get a little bit greedy with, you know, with that salary cap space I mentioned, the the draft and then the the free agency. There's no reason not to dip into both. And they will. It's just a matter of do they go for these marquee names or available names at the top of the board that I'm talking about right now. So Mike Evans, plausible. Interesting one, too, is is Calvin Ridley. I know Calvin Ridley just kind of, I mean, his star went down when he was suspended in 2022 for the, for the gambling thing, which, you know, whatever, Calvin Ridley. But he did come back, played last year, 1,000-yard season for him i think just over a thousand and you do have to and something i have to get used to statistically too and this goes with running backs as well and other positions right everything with the 17 games man i guess you know that thousand yards is not as significant as as it once was maybe that's not the magic number it was like 1200 but nonetheless calvin ridley lives and still available um, and then just kind of rounding it out, Michael Pittman, who had 109 catches last year. That's the best he's had. Uh, Marquise Brown from Arizona. That doesn't really excite me much. The last guy that I'll just mention right now uh, before we take a break is Odell Beckham. <laughs> yep, he'd been hanging around. He was with Baltimore last year, 565 yards, three TDs. I honestly don't know what his deal is right now. And when I say that, I mean... Is is he cool? Is he good in the locker room? Is he is there are there issues with him? And what does he have? What does he have left? I guess you know five sixty five and three T's is indication, but I haven't looked closely at how that uh, came about and all of that. So um, all of this worth looking into. When we return here on on the clock, talking Bears, talking NFL draft. We are going to do it with former NFL player, former ESPN guy, Merrill Hodge, who has a dissenting opinion about Caleb Williams. We will ask him why next. I'm Mark Grody. This is on. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. The clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. I've only watched Caleb Williams three games last year, three this year, so I'm only halfway done, okay? The one thing that I that is clear, he is not special. He is not something unique like a Patrick Mahomes, and I hope the Bears don't think, well, let's, let's, let's try to make up for our mistake when we pass up Patrick Mahomes and go get the Patrick Mahomes. The kid is not Patrick Mahomes ain't even remotely close to that. It is unfair to Justin Fields. He has had new coordinator, new coordinator, new coordinator. There's no possible way you can know about your guy when you do that. It's the worst thing that can happen to any player, especially a quarterback. Let's get back to more Bears Draft Talk with On the Clock, featuring Mark Grody, right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score, and always live on the free Odyssey app. That's the voice you just heard, Merrill Hodge, former Pittsburgh Steeler. He's known as a Pittsburgh Steeler, but he did he did finish his career with the Chicago Bears in in 1994. Former running back, former ESPN guy, you know him. And we're about to talk to him here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am Mark Rohde as we do welcome you back into On the Clock. I see you guys texting. Uh, feel free to do that at 312-644-6767. Love feedback. If you have questions, I see some of those. Try to get to some of those here in just a little bit. But let's bring in Merrill Hodge and... Hey Merrill, '94 was that? Was it concussions for you that year that you only played five games with the Bears? The beginning of the end for you that year? Uh, yeah, well, first of all, when I went to the Chicago, that was like my um, my my dream come true because my favorite player was Walter Payton um, <laughs> I, when I was a kid. So to be able to, my favorite team was the Pittsburgh Steelers. My favorite player was Walter Payton. And so to play with both organizations, I still count myself the one of the luckiest guys that ever play in the National Football League. Um, and gotten to know Walter Payton, or get to, I got to know Walter Payton a lot better even when I was there as a player, um, even though it was a short stint. Um, and actually, it wasn't it wasn't concussions at the end of my career. It was improper care of the concussions, which is still uh-huh. really some of the biggest issues and the thing that um, is such so misunderstood even to this day. It's not about head trauma. Shoot, if we didn't want head trauma, then you shouldn't live at your home because – 
leading cause of head trauma is tripping and falling and the environment that's going to happen or most likely is going to be your home. So it's about doing the right thing for it when it does happen, you know, try to minimize it as best you can, but you'll never reduce it or eliminate it. Just make sure you do the proper care for it. Um, and just got improper care, unfortunately. Yeah, that sucks, man. I mean, like, seriously, I'm sorry to, I knew that. I mean, I remember the story now and I, I'm sorry that you had to deal with that. Does, well, While we're on it, while we're, I mean, has it gotten better? And I assume that you're still a huge advocate for it. Yes. Well, and it's still misunderstood. And, you know, to the credit, um, what happened to me, a lot of things changed. Um, The Chicago Bears and the Philadelphia Eagles become the first two teams in NFL history to mandate cognitive tests, have a baseline. So they realized that they were behind um, the eight ball. They knew they were were way behind. The first team in the history of sports, to do any type of head trauma protocol, meaning a like a a, a, a a cognitive test before the season was the Pittsburgh Steelers in 1991. So I came out of an environment that they treated it a lot different. The Bears were not doing that, but to their credit, the next year they became the first. They make they made it mandatory. So they changed their protocols. Um, you know, I uh, I won a court case against the doctor because of his improper care, and the NFL was on their side saying that was. And keep in mind, I got cleared over the phone five days later by answering one question, how did I feel? So even in 1994, that's archaic. You, you just don't do that with, with head trauma. You can't clear somebody over the phone. No doctor would ever do that. that no, doug, no doctor would do knee surgery and then call you up and go, how are you feeling? Okay, go ahead and play. You know, you, yeah, right, you got to see right. the patient. You got to see the patient. Um, but the, the bottom line is, is, is that it got it, things evolved and have gotten so much better. But when we, still the mistakes that are made today are oftentimes – just improper care tools not administered right you know you're not following the right symptoms and you're you're ignoring things and you're not doing the right uh, using the right tools in the right manner to protect and help the player yeah yep well again sorry yeah the deal the good the good thing about the the 1994 bears i mean i hope you got a playoff win portion that year because i'm thinking 94 was a playoff win year for the bears with with and we're going to talk about these quarterbacks i promise with eric kramer right wasn't he the quarterback and he was one of the few quarterbacks in bears history that you could look at and say he was actually pretty good yeah, Eric was actually that's one of the reasons I went to the Bears is because really? they, they got rid of Jim. Har- yeah, they got rid of Jim Harbaugh. I came in with Jim Harbaugh. Okay. So I I experienced Jim Harbaugh at at Combine. That's all I needed to know about. And then we played against him too. So I was like, when I knew they're getting rid of him um, and bringing Eric Kramer in, that was one of the big, really big <laughs> caveats to go to Chicago. What what, what was wrong with Harbaugh? Yeah. <laughs> It's okay. Harbaugh, let's, just, let's put it this way. Um, listen, we, I, at 21, I, he might have been older than 21. I was 21 right. when I when I when I got drafted. But um, he said so. But he had to be 21, 22. I don't know, buddy, at 21 or 22 that didn't do stupid stuff. But I we we flew in together to the combine, and he um, and uh, I came off the plane, have an NFL sign there waiting for us. And the kid said, "Hey, can you mind if we wait for some players that are coming in on the plane?" And I'm like, "Yeah, no problem." And then this guy behind me, which I saw him get on the plane, he had a Michigan uh, Letterman jacket on, which um, um, I didn't understand. Um, but I was obviously he was from Michigan. He came off and he said, I ain't waiting for anybody. And so they got a card, 
took him off, and I was like, man, who is that? Like the Jim Harbaugh, and I was like, oh my wow. gosh, wow! I was like, I, I was like, but I was like, why has he got his Letterman jacket on? I'm like, why is he wearing his Letterman jacket? I'm like, we're going to combine. I'm like, it was, it was, it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny, but he was, he was a, uh, um, he's done. He's done well as a coach, though. You cannot deny yeah. that. And I, I, I love his style of coaching. He's done a heck of a job. Yeah, but, he is. Uh, Eric Kramer was a big deal in Chicago, you know, when that, at that time, because, you know, Jim had just not panned out in, in the way Chicago had hoped for. No, and, that's true. Um, that's true. Eric gave him a new, a new leash on life, actually. Who gave him a new leash? Uh, Eric Kramer, when he came in. Oh, he Eric. Oh, Eric. Energy I, and, yeah. And oh, Eric I got was, you. You know. Yeah, Eric was the new. Uh, you know, he'd done. He'd given life to Detroit. If you remember that, you know, they. Oh, of they course, got the no. With him and how he played, yeah. and uh, he was probably he's still, I think, one of the most underrated quarterbacks in both those organizations, and what he was able to do and what he did. Oh, I'd say he's rated though, man. Because seriously, like we do this drill all the time in Chicago, Merrill, with just going through the list of quarterbacks. Unfortunately, it's just kind yeah. of a joke. Um, but I always stop at Eric Kramer and say, you know, and I because of Eric Kramer and these. I was a Curtis Conway on your team that yeah, year. Yeah, Jeff, yeah. Jeff, Jeff Graham. Jeff Graham. Yeah, yeah. Who was yeah. he? Was ter- who was the oh. Wait, who was the who was on that? Who was uh, other running backs on that team? No, well, um, was it? Green, oh, Raymond, 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 Raymond Harris. Raymond My Harris, bad. You know that's terrible. Yeah, he he came in. Him. Yeah. When I when I got hurt, he actually filled in and did a great job. Raymond's a great kid, great player. Um, we've got um, Tillman from the Giants as well. We yep. brought him in. Yes, um, Lewis Tillman or then, Lewis Tillman, right? Yeah, Lewis. Lewis, Lewis Tillman. Lewis Tillman. And then um, I forget Green's first name. Our last, yeah, first name. His last name. Uh, was Robert, really Robert, dynamic. Robert, Robert. Green. I remember Robert Green. He, Big legs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's a good kid, good player as well. And, um, in the offensive line, we've got Andy Heck, you know, came in and you had Big Cat. I mean, our offensive oh, line, we had, some, we had some maulers. We had some maulers, yeah. some dogs that would play for you. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, man. Well, that's that's some pretty good insight. Yeah, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, I, I, I was a fan of the Bears then, so it was like I rooted for him, but he never worked out here. He became Captain Comeback in Indianapolis. But and just, Indy, I mean, yeah. y- your, your you know, characterization of him, he has always been, I hate to use the word weird, maybe an eclectic personality, interesting personality, but you're not the first person that I've heard from that, you know, that he, he, he sort of moves to his own drummer or something like that. I guess that'd be the best way to hey, say it, right, okay. Merrill? Listen, yeah. that's okay with. I, I listen. I respect that too. That's why when I saw a Letterman jacket, I'm like, who would wear a Letterman jacket to the combine? Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> Jim Harbaugh would. That's who would do that. <laughs> uh, uh, that's great. I love uh, it. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's awesome, man. Well, let's get to it because you know the thing that stood out to me in the intro, um, and we are talking to former Pittsburgh Steelers and Bears running back. Uh, Merrill Hodge and longtime ESPN guy, you know of one, one of the great analysts that ESPN has had for sure. Always love to to watch him. But you did say, you did say Caleb Williams is not special. Can you expand yeah. on that a little bit, Merrill? You know, like, yeah. Well, here's what you get for doing a drive by, and then I didn't realize the word special was so um, igniting. Um, because and that to me, I was like, you got to define what special is. And when you do a drive-by, you don't, you don't get to explain that. 
in in five in the last five or six years, there's been two guys that have been special. So let me define what I think is special by giving you two players that play that position and what you ultimately have. I like to see in college prior to coming here. Now, just because he's not special, let me just clear this up. Doesn't mean he doesn't have a chance to be a very good player and a dynamic player because he does have some elite things, which I'll get to in a second. Okay. Um, you got Joe Burrow and C.J. Stroud in the last five or six years. Now, what makes them special in my eyes? I'm not saying it's anybody else's eyes, but I don't look at – when I'm studying kids on tape in college, I'm not looking at where they're playing. I'm looking at where they're going to play. And that is confusing for people sometimes because I know what environment they're going into. First of all, the field's going to change, okay? Hash mark's going to go narrow, and they're going to play the middle of the field. My guy's as good as your guy. It isn't like my guy's better than your guy 70% of the time in college. Um, I'm not going to get four seconds in the pocket anymore, and guys aren't going to be running wide open all the time, okay, or majority of the time, we'll put it that way. And so you're trying to look for way, people that can ultimately play from the pocket. At the end of the day, that is where you must master this game, I mean, the NFL, if you're going to be truly consistently successful. I'm not saying that a guy who doesn't have mobility um, isn't a value and there isn't some dynamicness in that. But nobody is going to run the, They haven't done it yet. There's no quarterback that's running himself to a championship. Um, there's nobody that's scrambled themselves to a championship. It eventually, at the end of the day, you have to play quarterback and you have to be dynamic and good from the pocket. So Joe Burrow coming out, he was very much like that. The way he and these two things matter the most, and they work together. You cannot have one without the other. Accuracy and the ability to process quickly, and then you start throwing anticipation in there, pocket presence, leadership, toughness, mentally and physically, which we can get to in a second. Now, sure. from a pocket presence. He is not special. I don't watch him. In fact, his gift hurts him. A player like him, I've seen this so many times. There is, he has a gift that everybody thinks is exciting and is special, and that is his unique mobility. Okay, that's that's not going to win your championship. And being exciting is not a skill set. Now, his elusiveness is rare. I would argue it's better. He's more loosey than Patrick Mahomes. Does that make him better than Patrick Mahomes? Absolutely not. It just tells you <laughs> that he has that dynamicness to him. Now, the problem with that is when, and he does this playing from the pocket when the pocket's clean, and then when the pocket's dirty, he does it more so. But he'll leave plays on the field. What I mean is from the pocket, you get a coverage, you get a route combination. And I said, they don't do a whole host of this, which is another layer of concern is they predominantly are a college system. I mean, they are, they're, they're as pure a college system as you can get. They are a lateral team, lateral team, lateral team. But they do do some things down the field. They're not like NFL concepts. So you have to look at that as best you can and get a feel for that. Um, he will not make the first throw sometimes because he, he's got four seconds. <laughs> There's no reason to do that. In, in in a lot of ways, he, he processes stuff, as you've seen process stuff because he's done so many magical things by moving and being elusive. So in the NFL, you don't have that luxury anymore. Like when the guy is open, you got to give him the ball. Okay, what makes Tom Brady the greatest in the history of the game, okay? Um, and I'll even get to Patrick Mahomes in a second. He executes plays. When the flat route's there, give him the flat route. When the slant's there, give him the slant. Um, and it's then the ability to throw it into tight windows. And even when a guy may look covered, but that is based on his positioning and based on where the defender is, the guy is open. In the NFL, 
you hardly see very few people in college do it. Like Patrick Mahomes, I mean, uh, Burrow would do this. C.J. Stroud, I would see do this. But keep in mind, last year when C.J. Stroud was coming out, he was the only guy that was a first-round value. I mean, the Carolina Panthers are going to be years in recovery for what they did with Bryce Young because because wow. he was so limited. And those limitations yeah. aren't changing. I mean, the Carolina Panthers, the Chicago Bears are, are benefiting this. But And I'll tell you this, that you know Caleb's skill set is better than that. Um, but I'll get that in a sec. So just finishing up, th- that's what to me is special because a guy that can transition to the league and play in that arena. And they show co- the evidence in college that, man, they got a shot to do that. Now, when you look at Caleb, the one thing that um, I am telling you is unique, as unique as I have seen it, and I've been doing this for 40 years from playing, coaching, studying. His accuracy is unique, and that is a gift and the thing that I'm talking about that you ha- I haven't seen enough evidence to make him special doesn't mean he can't do that eventually. I'm not saying he can't. I'm just saying he will always fight this hurdle of his ability to make plays and move, and can he harness that and break that and make that a part of his last resort versus sometimes I'll just go to it. Mm-hmm. And that right there can ruin players more than it can help players. And there's a lot of things that he doesn't control that are completely out of his scenario. This expectation that he is Patrick Mahomes is going to be an, a daunting thing. Patrick, let's just take Patrick Mahomes came out, came to a playoff team, Saturday's first year, and those two things are not going to be his luxury. And he had great coaching, and that coaching matters. So there's three things that he has nothing to do with, but are going to play a role in this. He's not going to a playoff team if he goes to Chicago. Um, they've got new coaching again, which you know has been some of their biggest issues. You can't be consistent with that. I know of no business that exists on planet Earth where you change every year and you're going to get better as a as a company or as a unit, as a team, or as an organization. It's just not going to happen. It's nearly impossible for that to happen, and that is what they have consi- consistently done. So that's when I look at special and um, doesn't mean he doesn't have other great skill sets. I think he processes things based on the college system very well. Um, he does do that one, those areas of concerns that you must master to be an excellent quarterback in the national football league. And from the pocket aspect of it, he does enough of that, that damage that will be damaging in the NFL. If he doesn't learn to develop his skill set and get rid of the football and give it to the guy who deserves the ball. If it's a slant route, give him the slant route. Don't hold it going, well, I think I can get something else out of that. In the national football league, it's not going to work out for you as well as it did college. And inside of just making bad throws, it is getting hurt, you know. Uh, so, but that is something you can teach. Like, okay, the accuracy aspect, I, you, you can't teach the accuracy he has. That is a, that is a unique gift. And, you know, that, that, can, that cannot be overlooked. And from everybody I've looked for to this point, about six quarterbacks, he is superior to them from an accuracy aspect, probably as superior as I've ever seen, quite honestly. It it sounds to me, Merrill, though, that you, I mean, they're all interesting points. You still think, I mean, not elite, but you still think he could be a very good quarterback. And don't you, don't, don't you also think, I just want to throw this in there too. Don't you think that his ceiling is higher than that of Justin Fields? Because some of these strengths that you're talking about are weak, like the, 
the accuracy, the processing quickly. That's been a huge issue with Justin Fields. And, you know, Fields had the same thing. Fields had professional wide receivers at Ohio State who were wide open all the time as well. So I think that that's something that don't all top quarterbacks or any quarterback coming into college, they all have to make a huge adjustment for that, don't they? I mean, that's not uncommon. Well, well, unlike a Burrow and a C.J. Stroud, when you could see that you you could see that in their college in the college game that they played in their arena they played, they did more pro style system too than USC did, so it was clearly more evident there with those two guys. And keep on those that, that's two guys out of six years. How many quarterbacks would that amount to? Um, um, <laughs> yes, he, he could he could develop that from that. Now the difference now, you know, that you do have to consider this. He's six one. These other guys are six three and six four. That that height when you get to about six one and once you get six three and six five those things do matter a little bit. That's why I go back to like you know Bryce Young. He's five nine and that never he can work as hard as he wants. He can train as long as he wants. He's never changing that. That'll always be a limit. That'll always be a problem with game planning and the things that he is able to do from the pocket. So that hinders him a little bit um, from the pocket thing. But yes, he could clearly develop um, into a guy who functions and knows how to play there and plays that with, with excellence. I, I don't think there's any doubt. That is one area. That, but, but you don't see that in college right now because he is so da- dynamic in his ability and his elusiveness. He will lean on that more than just playing through structure. And that's what I'm saying. That, that, that That's a fine line there. And then, I've always felt like a guy who has that when he first comes in, I actually like that because he gets out of a lot of trouble and he, and he can make some things happen for your team. But at some point, he's got to harness that and take whatever he's done from a mobility aspect and convert it to his arm. I'll give you the greater, one of the greatest examples that just happened. Got in the AFC Championship game, Lamar Jackson throws a pick. And what looks, I mean, yes, there's, you know, you got two deep safeties, you got the trail defender, he throws three guys are there, he throws the pick, it's a bad throw. It's second and 10. Now let's walk through second and 10 and what, there's two minutes on the clock, whatever, there's plenty of time, the clock to score. Uh-huh. You have, based on the route concepts they have, everything that he should have been reading should have told him, take the drag route underneath because you're tied in, it's just carried underneath defender. Okay, it isn't just the picky through. It's the circumstances of where you were on the field. And keep on, Lamar played like that in Louisville. And he has never not played like that when big games. <laughs> very few teams can get him. Very few teams can get him to play quarterback. So, so the Kansas City yeah. Chiefs said, you know what? We're going to make you play quarterback. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's just my, my final example of how good you have to be from the pocket. Um, and – and, and, and as soon as you say that, like, well, he's so dynamic. Okay, that's, that's great. But that is going to be his greatest hurdle is learning to manage that and not want to go to it. And I'm not going to say it's going to happen his first year. I would never say that's too hard on a kid um, when he comes to the NFL. Keep in mind, he's got pro concepts he's never done before. You've got defenses that are a heck of a lot better than defense you face. And keep in mind, if you look at the second year, which I did finally get through all his games last year, so I've got some 16 games through here so i feel very comfortable where i am with my evaluation okay. with him yeah. even those defenses played a little different you know they pushed the pocket they made his size a little bit of an issue they kind of understood 
that he would hold the ball and maybe go to move and run versus get rid of it at times. And because they don't do a lot of stuff down the field and certain route concepts, there are a lot of bubble screens, smoke screens, and you know RPO deals. You don't get to see a lot of it. But if you, the system I have, I can create all of those plays and just watch all of them together. So that gives you a really good feel. If you want to see like, you know, six to ten a game, it could be, you know, you can miss it. And that's why I, I, I group them like that to watch that. Yeah. So when you watch him just from the pocket, where he's going to have to play and be great. Mm-hmm. That's why I said he's not special. You know, all those other things I, I talked about him are unique um, and are are really – I love them about him. Who, who, who's your gonna, top guy? He, who's your, who's your, who's, is he your top quarterback? Who's your top quarterback? Who, do you have your rankings yeah. or have you done that yet? Or you know, no? I'd like to, like to, no, no, because I'm not done with everybody. But I'll tell I you a guy you. who actually – I'll tell you a guy, like Jaden Daniels, the LSU kid. Uh-huh. Like he, he actually – I watched him when he started Arizona State. And that kid has really developed. And they do more pro, scout, pro concepts than, say, USC's offense. And he actually plays for the pocket pretty well. I like, you know, when the Washington's pick. Let's, let's put it this way. Based on where I am now, um, and I've only went through six guys. I got May done, Caleb done, Daniels, uh, Bo Nix, and then Penix and Washington. And, um, you know, I would say that um, Daniel – Caleb Williams, here's where it will appeal to Chicago. I understand what it says appealing to the Chicago Bears or any team. <laughs> uh-huh. is, is this is true. His, his, I'm telling you, it, it's not so much his elusiveness. I, I do, and I, and I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I'm not disclaimer because, like to me, that is his wild card. Can he manage that and basically control it enough not to let him be a scrambler all his career? Yeah, that's right. that's where I'm getting. At, where I can, that's where it can go with a guy that's that good at it. And like he's got Barry Sanders type moves. <laughs> Keep in mind, I mean, he makes some moves. I'm just like, oh my gosh! I mean, I don't know, he's better than Patrick Mahomes. And, and you say that, and then he's. <laughs> but I'm yeah, well, and no, no problems with the size there either. I mean, six four, so you don't yeah. have to, you know, worry about that. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, um, not Patrick Mahomes, but um, Jaden Daniels. Um, Caleb will, you know, no. Um, well, Dan, he he really plays well yeah. from the pocket. Like you, I mean, you feel very comfortable that you know what he has a good chance to transition because you see him do it in that pocket and you see him function. He's, he's fluid. He's got really good feet and he's accurate, you know? So, and he processes things. Well, the thing that I know that will appeal to a lot of NFL teams is Caleb's accuracy is, is unique. And, and it is, you know, accuracy is such a critical component of being successful. It's all yeah. those other things that, that are variables that you have to address and you have to talk about. And then, one of the other things, which, you know, listen, if you're still, if you, if you get these meetings, you can try to have a better feel for it. But how tough is he mentally? You know, I think he's a pretty physically tough kid to watch him playing some hits he takes, you know. Um, but mentally, because that to me is going to be, will be the overwhelming factor for him. Because let's say Chicago does draft him. What is everybody already going to think? That we just made up for our mistake. <laughs> we just made up our percent. Well, he's not coming to a playoff team. You know, what kind of coaching is he going to get an Andy Reid style of coaching? You know, um, I don't know. I don't know that staff well enough to do it, but I would listen. I try to assume that he's going to get good coaching, but that's not always true in, in every aspect of things. And then forget all of that. You know, is your team a playoff team? Your division is getting better and better. 
the Packers, right. Detroit. Division's tough. I mean, division's tough. That division, so, that decision, that decision's not getting weaker. Right. It's getting tougher. You know, and then you don't, you don't, you don't start winning. Well, who's going to take the heat for that? Right. Right. Oh, well, it'll be the quarterback, of course. Yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be the quarterback. Well, let me let me ask you, Merrill, because I'm running, um, I'm going to get in trouble if I keep you on too much longer here. And it here here's the uh, last thing I want to ask you. Do do you think that Justin Fields should that they should just go to bat with Justin Fields, give him you know a nice three year extension? Do you think Justin Fields is the guy that they should stick with? Well, here's what I don't have. Nobody has. I haven't been sitting in those rooms with Justin Fields. Okay, so they didn't have a better feel for him as a human being, as a player. You know, his IQ, his toughness. The one thing I can just say about Justin Fields, which is unfair to all players, and every player would tell you this, especially the quarterback. He's changed. How many coordinators has he had that are consistent? <laughs> None. Right. Well, I mean, he, no, I, yeah, you're right. Was, you're right. What was his biggest flaw? What was his biggest flaw coming out of Ohio State? He was raw. Now you bring rawness into something, a new learning, new learning, new learning, new learning. And I'm like, and when I watched, I said, you know, I went back and studied him towards the end of the year. Just Fields does some pretty dynamic things, you know, with his legs and his arm, you know. Um, but I'm not in that meeting room to have, and that's where people that have been around him are going to have to make this call. And that's why I, I just talked about that mental toughness of Caleb Williams. I mean, the, the, getting to know these players and talking to these players and doing things that we don't have access to, which there's great value to, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's going – something in that – in those meetings is going to be the final the, – whatever becomes the final straw. You know, rather, we're going to move on and we're going to start over here. And I can see that there are some – things that Caleb does that Justin doesn't do that would lead you to believe, listen, I can develop that. I'm going to, cause every coach believes they can develop it and then they, they can, they can fix it. You know, it's going to be, uh, which one do they think they can do it best with and which player do they think is going to probably have the most ownership in the aspect and they have the best way to, to work with, you know, and I don't know, have that luxury of knowing that. Um, but that to me is what it's going to, to come down to. Yeah. Yeah, Merrill, this has been great. I'd I'd love to talk to you more, um, but uh, don't call time... anytime, brother. I'd love to. <laughs> yeah, man, absolutely. I did, we were just getting cooking here, so I appreciate it, Merrill yeah, Hodge. We'll look look anytime, forward to. Mark. All right, man. I appreciate it. There he goes, Merrill okay. Hodge, with some know. really interesting evaluations, and I know maybe half of you agree with it and half of you disagree with it. I didn't want to stop him. He was on a roll. And it was just good stuff. And then the Jim Harbaugh stuff in the beginning. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> that was great. That was great. <laughs> oh, man. Merrill Hodge. Just You just never know. You never know. I, I should have known that that would be fantastic. And it was. But we are very late. See what I do for everybody? We're... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Very late. I have to take a break. This is On the Clock on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Let's get back to more Bears Draft Talk with On the Clock featuring Mark Grody right here on Sports Radio 670 The Score and always live on the free Odyssey app. Welcome back. Week two of On the Clock has been electric, ladies and gentlemen. We just had a great conversation with Merrill Hodge, who does not look at Caleb Williams as an elite quarterback, although he did come around to saying that he's got elite accuracy and you know he's a little bit critical of the pocket presence. The size seemed to be a big deal with Merrill Hodge. And then just coming back to – I couldn't really get a good read from him on whether or not he really liked Justin Fields. It seemed like he sort of left that to the Bears. So just not not down with Caleb. Check that out at some point in time. It's worth a listen for sure. Thanks to everybody for listening to uh, On the Clock tonight. I didn't get much out of the coordinators, by the way. Like in, I was there to meet them. Shane Waldron, Eric Washington. I think the one interesting thing about Washington is that he does want to call plays, and I do think that that's something that Matt Eberflus in time would trust him to pass on to him. That was some of the feeling that I got with some of the questions, actually, that I was asking, um, to because that was the most interesting thing to me. What is it that you do, and it'll do everything but call plays? So that's going to wrap it up, folks. Thanks for listening. Like I said... Thanks to Alex Kuhn, doing a great job producing this show. Great uh, get to have Merrill Hodge on the show, and Alex Kuhn always a step ahead here on On the Clock. He'll be our producer throughout this season, so thank you to him. A birthday shout-out. Happy birthday to my niece, Madeline. I'm coming to see you. I'm coming to see you. And, ladies and gentlemen, OPB, Oak Park Boys, Gabe Ramirez is coming up next. I know he will be talking Bears at some point in time. Bro, gross, so, gross, gross. Yo, what's up, bro, OPB? If you want to go till 9 o'clock, go to 9 o'clock, bro. <laughs> Dude, come on. My niece will crush me. Shout I was personally I was personally called by my niece. Will you come to my birth? Yes, of course. So I can't not go to her birth. So don't do me like that, Gabe. And I know you're all pumped up and ready to go, man. Let's go! You ready, Gabe? You ready to take this thing? You're talking bears at some point in time, right? Maybe. Maybe, Greg. Okay. We'll see. Okay. <laughs> That's Gabe Ramirez. He's coming up next. I'm Mark Grody. I will talk to you whenever I talk. Actually, I'll talk to you Sunday, noon to three. I'll be on with David Hoff with the Chris Chelios, um, the Jersey retirement out at the United Center. So I'll talk to you then on the score. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 